Today's episode of No Guitar Is Safe is brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player. Play better. Sound better. No Guitar Is Safe. Hey there, and thanks for listening. It's episode 142 of No Guitar Is Safe, the guitar show where guitar heroes plug in. And plugging in today, Sid Jacobs, a true hero of mine. He's been blowing my mind since... 2009 when I first moved to LA and met him and several other great players. I mean, there is no shortage of truly world-class players down here. And Sid is absolutely one of them. Every time I'd sit down with Sid, man, it's like he opens up portals to, to understanding new viewpoints on harmony, on melody, on counterpoint, on chord progressions, on feel that I didn't even realize were right at my fingertips. It's great to have a, a guru open your eyes Sid has a true love for all things guitar, and you're going to fall in love with some of these things he's showing you today. It's funny, friends might think that he's a jazz cat because, well, you know, when he discovered Wes Montgomery at age 16 or so, I don't know, teenager probably, he went deep and he's like, wow, there's more to this than those rock scales. Like, there's a lot more to, to just learn. I can't just grab it on the first listen off of a record. So he's been diving deep into all that. He has fantastic books that you can check out on like two five ones and jazz phrases and a book on the music of Bill Evans applied to guitar. But yeah, interestingly, Sid's first love was, well, probably Burl Ives. He told me right as I was wrapping up the mics, he told me his first thing he ever listened to was Burl Ives. I think that was when he was between the ages of like three and four, maybe five living in Cuba where his dad ran a casino which a job that I guess ended when, with the Cuban Revolution. So he came back to Florida, where he had some great teachers, including Joe DiOrio down the road. But yes, if you know Sid, you might think of him as a hollow-body jazz cat, because he's definitely donned those guitars for quite some years. But he did mention to me that he did play a Strat through a Marshall at least one time, because he was into one James Marshall Hendrix when he was probably junior high or early high school, maybe. And then before that, He was into the Beatles when you saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, something like that. So it's a long musical journey that Sid has taken on the fretboard. And we're going to go on a deep dive with him today. We'll start off with some blues turnarounds. And we'll also get into a whole bunch of other stuff that is maybe a little more challenging. But if you know your thirds and sevenths and how to build a chord and how to find some notes on the neck, you're going to really love this stuff today. My name is still Jude Gold. I'm very caffeinated today and hyped about this interview with Sid yesterday and hyped for the ones to come. Thanks for uh, letting me take a few weeks off there. Again, man, 16 shows in about a four-week period. You know, playing with Jefferson Starship. Very lucky to be playing. Hope you all are playing too. We had some good times all around the country. Played with with Sticks. Played Summerfest in Milwaukee, one of the greatest festivals around. Great thing, man. Everything from Sugar Hill Gang to Green Day and us and other bands there that this there this year. And um, we played with Styx, Foreigner. It's been busy. And, and I'm just saying this because a lot of plane travel in between all the shows and airports and packing and unpacking. So hard to fit in podcast interviews, especially because I love doing them in person when I can. But folks, we're back. And yes, in person, we're going over to Sid's house today. And he's got a great pad here in L.A. If you're ever interested in doing a guitar intensive with Sid Jacobs, he offers different sort of opportunities. You can stay in his guest house and do a little guitar sabbatical right in the Hollywood area. Or you can do Zoom lessons with him. He'll give you his email address later in the show. But if you want it right now, it's sidhjacobs at gmail.com. Man, call him up for a lesson. Yeah, he does Zoom lessons too. We're going to warm up the chopper, head right over there. And uh, when we first open this show, uh, it takes a second for the, the pets to kind of simmer down to the excitement of the guitar copter arriving at Sid's house. But soon, you're in it, learning from a genius guitar player who's played with everyone from Luciano Pavarotti to uh, Ike and Tina Turner, Frank Sinatra Jr., and uh, he was even a college-level guitar coach at University of Nevada when he was just 18 years old. Great pleasure to uh, bring you together with Sid today. It's funny, just this morning, Sid messaged me, hey, I forgot to show a whole other wing of blues turnarounds. 
that I want to show. So you know what? That calls for a part two. So in a few weeks or a month, I'm going to go back over to Sid's and, and scoop up the rest of that stuff that he wants to show as well as some other stuff. And you know what? I might even have him let me film him to show you some of this stuff in case you find it challenging with just your ears. Normally your ears are fine, but this is so deep, some of it, that I know some of you might appreciate a little video clip or two. So look forward to that down the road. I'll keep you posted. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Uh, we're well over 3 million listens, so love it. Thank you all for your support. Keep it alive till you're 95. That's my Yelp review. <laughs> Don't you remember me? Behind those deep, dog. <laughs> behind those deep brown eyes is the uh, mind of a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> ah, cute dog. What was that thing you were playing right before I turned on the mic? Jemima, Gordo, uh, Will. Will is the feral cat. <laughs> Will feral. And Kittler. She's got the little mustache. She's white with the little mustache. Okay, I'm gonna let that one go. Is, oh, is his naming a cat Kittler? Is, is that's over the line? I don't know. It just it's edgy. I'll give you that. Well, like most cats, they don't answer to anything. That's true. They, we enter to I, them. I, I wonder if that's why uh, jazz musicians were known as cats. Because they didn't question. answer to anybody. I like that. That's, uh, that's good food for thought right there. So good and to see. Not many see calories. <laughs> yeah, you, so how many, you seem to play a lot of hours per day. Um, <laughs> do your hands hurt ever? Or? No, because I, 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 I think the, uh, the ideal is to stay relaxed. And if yeah. you stay relaxed with a good hand position, you know, if I, I play with my neck up, which means the, the wrist and my fingers yeah, yeah. are straight. So I, I can, you know, I keep my action low and I don't, I don't have to press too hard. Yeah, it's a beautiful and, guitar. Tell us what you got there. Oh, this is, um, this is <laughs> a uh, Tom Rebecca. He calls this a halfling. It's got a, a, a round hole in the bout. Yeah. And, uh, which you called a coffee cup holder. Like yeah, if you put a, a cup holder. It looks, like it, it looks like it's a cup holder. <laughs> yeah, very sophisticated, very expensive cup holder. <laughs> no, but, um, but th this one Jimmy Weibel had made by Tom, and he left it to me in his will. Fantastic. Well, and you then know. and then I went out to visit Joe Diorio in Connecticut, another close friend. I like to drop names, huh? <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, I mean, and uh, <laughs> and and those who know Joe know he's one of the great masters and. You know, so making a pilgrimage to where he is in Waterbury, you know, felt like a good thing to do. And he said, uh, hey, Sid, you know, I have a guitar that, that's just like yours, and I'm not playing it. So uh, because, you know, he ha had the stroke, and he's playing a guitar that's easier to play than, a, than an archtop. So um, you don't have to carry a guitar. I said, man, that's a great, what a great luxury to be able to go. I, haven't, I don't recall ever going through the airport without a guitar. Right. You know, on my back. And there's always like, oh, gosh, when I get to the... There's always the headache oh. of, of oh. getting... Am I going to be able to get it on? Am I going to be able to get it back if they take it from me? Yep. You know, am I going to... You know, or are they going to kick me off the plane because I'm whining and screaming? Yeah, man. You're, these guitars ain't no Telecaster. It, 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 throw it, down exactly. So, <laughs> so anyway, I, I felt like so free walking through the airport without a guitar. I said, this is great. And then I, I, I went and visited Joe, spent the week over there in Waterbury, and, and, and I had his guitar to play. And he said, right. hey, you know, how do you, how do you like it? I said, I love it. It's just, like, it's just like the one I'm playing. He said, well, you can have it. What? Yeah, so I have, I have two of these, one from Jimmy yeah. and one from Joe, my, my two heroes. 
my two uh, those are two guys that I uh, yeah. th- that I keep up oh the, I knew I saw it yeah. I thought <laughs> it's, it's in the other room over there with his signature on it that's great well I mean I think they must have appreciated some of the music that was coming out of it and they knew uh, well yeah. you know I they, I, they I just old... feel so fortunate to have some some really wonderful uh, yeah. musicians that kind of uh, you know when when you have uh, as as a standard that you see right up close someone like Joe DiOrio or someone like Jimmy Weibel you know there's uh, you know you're very fortunate to be around someone who's honest and creative and you know all those important things that. Uh, all those important attributes, more importantly than uh, um, the stuff that they would do, just the way they carried themselves and uh, and you know how they looked at the music in a very pure way. Yeah, you know, I, I remember uh, in in the time that I got together with Lenny Bro, he sh- he showed me this thing that I use all the time, a crossbar. You know, where is it? Here's like right, the, right. So here, so, here's, so let's say I'm playing a B flat seventh chord. So there's the D and the A flat on the fifth string and the fourth string. Yeah, so you string. got your first fingers on the fifth on the D fret of the A string, and then the A fl- it's on the sixth, the next fifth finger. and sixth with the second yeah. finger. Now my third finger, I'll play the B flat on the. Yeah. But my crossbar is if I pull off, my my in, index finger is is just sideways, yeah. Yeah. and it's not that hard. You just have to know yeah. what's there. So, so Lenny showed me this is what's a great way to get a seventh chord, and you can do this. You can do a, a hammer on. So, yeah. so, so Lenny showed me, and of course, it's a, it, it, it's a wonderful device. But when he was showing me, he says, I'll, I'll try and do him. He says, So, yeah, man, so, so when I do this, I, I, I kind of I can do that, and then. Maybe I do that too much, and and he was, you know, when when he said, "Oh man, maybe I do that too much." While he was showing it to me, there were two things going on at the same time. One was this fantastic device that, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm enriched by because the, that crossbar something is thinking a little out, you know, literally outside the box. Yeah. You know, and it's not difficult, and right. uh, and a very useful note to get in 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 a melodic situation. Yeah. So there was that, but then it, at the same time he was showing it to me and, and doing a little device, he was recognizing the device and saying, oh man, maybe I do that too much. And that was as deep a lesson because he's introspecting on like yeah. d- devices, the shallowness of using devices. Right. Well, you know? so, so whatever you, you learn, if it becomes a device, it can be very shallow. Exactly. Well, I mean, I was talking with... Uh you know, Scott Henderson and yeah. Bruce Foreman. I'm sure these are buddies of yours to some degree or another. And uh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll never Bruce forget. Bruce introduced yeah. me to Rebecca, and he also yeah. uh, sent me in on some very cool gigs. I, so I'm, I'm very appreciative to Bruce and... Yeah. Uh, Great players. Oh, oh, one of the best. Both you, of the, both those guys. Oh, yeah. You guys. You guys. You guys. You give L.A. a good name as far as Guitar Town goes. I swear to God, <laughs> guys like you and Scott and, and some great players everywhere. Oh, man, there's some good guitar players here. And um, But, yeah, Scott and Bruce were talking about how, you know, even amongst, quote, master jazz guitarists in, in history, like some of them he hears licks or riffs uh-huh. repeatedly in their solos, whereas others, like he, he's obviously striving to get away from the riff. And I hear a little bit of that in what Lenny Bro was saying. He's like, oh, man, maybe that little... Yeah, it, device. But that that doesn't mean you know there, there's yeah. that balance, and that doesn't mean that just because yeah. it, it it exists, it might be something that you enjoy populating your musical vocabulary with. Oh yeah, I, you know, I so, love the riff. <laughs> you know, but when it falls just right, it's it's perfect. Yeah. So uh, very very handy little thing it, there. Oh oh yeah. Maybe we could shift gears here for just. A fun thing to talk about, too, is blues turnarounds. We did a whole article of, like, 20, and you showed me some turnarounds that I never thought of before. Oh. Like, we started off just real simple, um, you know, like, I don't know. But there's so many different kinds of ways to approach 
Blues tournaments. Do you remember any of these that we did? Um, I mean, no, no. But I, I, I mean, <laughs> if we're going to talk about turnarounds, you know, it's, yeah. So we were in B flat, right? Or, Could, or, any key, oh, any key okay. for any turnaround, we can change. A little tritone so, turnaround. Yeah, so it's B B flat seven. Yeah. So that's the seventh and third, and then G seventh is B and F. So that's a good one. So that one's e easy easy to understand. So we're going to add to it. Yes. Right. But with no roots, so the, that, that way the bass yeah. player can go chromatic or he so can go cyclical. if anyone's having trouble hearing this, I mean, we start off in the bonehead. Yeah, one, six, two, five. Key B flat. <laughs> exactly. Now that, that's one of the ways to get home. So we have... Right. So it's the same interval, yeah. and, and I know where I'm going to land. So now you're See, doing... See, when the, I... I, I yeah. Any part of the B flat chord. So this happens to be an open B flat. Right. So let I, I'm going to keep the root. It's going to be common to because that's our. I, I like to think yeah. of that as the as the pole star, the gravitational pull. Yeah. That's so. so. And I land. Yeah. So, but that's going to work with any B flat. So as long, if we know that formula and we know which note to hold. We could take this B flat and let the B flat stay. Yep. So it has the same energy, but yeah. uh, it, it's a, a different voicing. Or and if we have. Um, yeah, now you get the B flat lower. Or. Nice. And Did you do the tritone one? Oh, well, that's a different. It, it, yeah, that's kind of like a one six two five. If you're, yeah, um, those are two different kinds of turnaround. One, right. if you've got the B flat in all of these, I would call this a more a, a, a subdominant yeah. vibe because that has the the characteristic of the four going to one is that yeah. the tonic is there. So I like to call that the mother cadence. Because the child's in the mother. Whereas right. the in the key, we're that has a different energy. Right. That has a different energy than Yeah. They both take you home. Yep. But this is So that's B flat diminished to B flat. Yeah. And that's F seventh. Yeah. They're both taking you home. Is it, but, but one has the B flat in common. Yeah. And that's yeah. the, they call it tonic diminished or the subdominant, a version of the subdominant cadence. Yeah. It's not exactly a four to one, but it's in the, under the umbrella. Well, it's interesting because all these turnarounds we've talked about so far, for the most part, involve the same interval moving chromatically, the same shape, you mm -hmm. know? That's that, I'm gonna call that the subdominant. Subdominant. Whereas this one, the the it's actually different little, energy. It's a, yeah, it's a different, more sophisticated chordal implications. I would say if you if you hear the bass in there, it's almost a, mm -hmm. it's almost like a one sixty five. I mean exactly. So, and like you said. It's the uh, the five dominant. Ooh, that's saucy. What's there? So, so uh, it, it, it's it's one, once again. Let, let's just just to see it, because then then we're, we're going to add to it. This is the B flat seventh. That's the A flat and the D, moving four frets up on the same string set, same fingers even. Uh, yeah. That's going to be B and F. So you're using your first that's finger in your and my second second finger. And then B flat, and it's going to go down chromatically, and then we're back home. Yeah. Three, four, a oh, one, two, three, and we're home. One, two, three, four, one. Now I can put any note. Of yeah. Or. 
Huh. So those are just little three note chords. And then the same exact voicing, same fingers, and then my first and uh, first, second, and pinky, yeah. and then. Concept, just so a, a, a different. We have different melody note. That's and, the cadence. And we you did. still are doing. If the I was a horn, if, 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 if I was a horn or a singer, I'm hired to do this. That's right. going to be the. So these guys are going to do that. You uh, inverted those down. Well, this is G7. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm on the lower, exactly right. I'm the lower string set. All right. That's cool. So that 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 stands yeah. alone. melody on top and then <laughs> very saucy and that's the Lydian dominant in fourths B flat E A flat D G what inspired that oh, last the, bit well because we ended on the B flat so yeah. if you got it Sort of turnaround set. Um, you do a lot of porgy and bess. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it? So this would oh, be. That looks um, painful. Not still, too, are we so, still in B flat? Yeah, we're still in B. Yeah, I, I purposely kept this in B. What well, that you you got the right roots, but now I'm, uh, my index finger is on F. Right on the second, second string. Fin- yeah, and the second finger's on on. A, so let's let's look at the. This string is going to do that. That's going to be the uh, give yeah. us the active energy. That's D minor, G seventh, C minor, F seventh. Yeah. yeah. I just added the cluster in there. and then A and D is fourths. Right. A, D, after D comes G. After G comes C, F, B flat. Well, right, right where you were. <laughs> so many different worlds. Are your p- 
your pinky, uh, not your pinky, your uh, second finger. Yeah. Smush the fingers. What about? <laughs> like that. It's a little chorus. That, that's um. See, we have oh, this was the, yeah. the, the B seven. that way but so that's hilarious That's a cadence as well from the uh, triad pairs. What cadence? So that would be. So th this is an F7. Yeah. See, so there's an F augmented. Right. And the next chord's a B major. Hmm. So. So what kind of cadence is this? That answered it, didn't it? To me, so it's a five-one. So we feel. So this is all kind of over like a altered five situation. Yes. Yeah, that's killer. One time you were showing me some really beautiful stuff, just with thirds and sevens. I think we used, like a. All the things, or something, as a you were discussing the oh, powers. Well, of. Uh, yeah, I maybe it was, uh, yeah, because all the things you have the uh, it, it's a perfect one for uh, well, first for uh, learning your thirds. So if you just play the root in the third, then you get the melody, right? That's cool, and uh, if you take the, the exactly right. Now you take the root and the third, and the third and the root. It's that composer was cheating. Who wrote that again? <laughs> Jerome Kern. Oh, yes, a notorious are. cheater. That's awesome. <laughs> Still owes you money. <laughs> uh, so, so that's a real... I mean, you can hear that it's a very good example of a sequence, but he really turned that into a fantastic melody. Oh, well, yeah, he did a nice, a very clever little modulation, and he liked it so so well, he did it again. Uh, the second A, he did um, he did the same progression uh, and the same melody, except On the up a fifth. That's interesting, yeah, so yeah. So this is the root in the third, the third in the root. So F and A flat is the root in the third. And then A flat and F, same two notes. Why are we doing that? Just to punish oh. ourselves? The, you'll, you'll hear. Now we're in the A flat minor chord, or the, uh, no, B, the B flat, flat minor, minor chord. The root in the third, the third in the root. Same two notes. Uh, find the right fingering, right. Now if we're here at the sixth fret, there's the B You're flat. Just the B flat. <laughs> I do this a lot where I yeah. I'm just using my ears instead of looking at the fingers, which you your. But and then you can stay right in position. Exactly, stay right in position. Then E flat and G, and then G and E flat, A flat and C. Dang it. And then C and A flat, and then D flat and F. Yeah, 
Uh, did you tie the sevens in there too at some point? Well, it, when we... <laughs> so if I want to connect this, there's the seventh going to the third. Right. Root, seventh, third of the new chord. flat seventh chord. Yeah. There's the seventh. Mm-hmm. Root in the third. Yeah. The third in the root. Yeah. So there's our seventh. That goes to the third. to the moon it sounds like it because that was that's the same exercise exactly it's the same exercise but now it's like it's it's like page one book one exercise and counterpoint yeah yeah because you have the root and the third the third and the root right now you have a contrary motion built right into it so you can do that with any progression exactly those two that's a good mashup all right you play that one and i'll play all the things (laughs) one we're going to end up playing the same song i don't know the tempo I think it's got more juicy chord progression. Switches keys. Yes. I'd love to hear. Could you just cut loose on it a little bit if I play a little strumming in the background or something? Sure. Oh, oh, well, let, let, me, let me just tell you what yeah. I'm, I'm going to do first because I think this is might have been what you were asking. Oh, because, yeah, please. Um, when you uh, harmonize a melody, and I, I, was, I was fortunate enough to, just a couple weeks before he died, get to hang out with Lenny Bro. Yeah. And... Uh, I said, Lenny, you know, I've been playing over 30 years, and I watched you play last night, and uh, I don't recognize anything that you're doing. Where did you see him play? Over at Dante's. Ah, cool. And, and it was funny because uh, I, I wasn't living in town at the time, so I, uh, but I'd heard about Guitar Night at Dante's because there was albums live, Joe Pass live at Dante's, so I, I imagined Dante's to be a very cool jazz club and realized it was kind of a dive. But... Great players played there. And uh, so I said, who's playing guitar nights? Monday night guitar night. Because <clears throat> that was the least popular night. They always had horn players, etc. <clears throat> so right. Lenny Bro, great. Count me, you know, can I make a reservation for two people? And they kind of laughed. <laughs> and, you know, I thought maybe someone's telling a joke in, you know, in the background because I didn't say anything funny. Uh, so we're the only two people there. There might have been some students with a tape recorder up front, but it's Lenny Bro is playing and there's nobody here. With he's playing with a trio, and they sounded great. They sounded wonderful, and so I, uh, I said, Lenny, can I can I get together with you and you know get a lesson? Because I was just in for a couple days, so we arranged it the next day. I said, Lenny. So that's when I said, Lenny, I saw you last night, and. uh, and I don't recognize anything that you're doing. I've been playing for a long time. We played a couple tunes together, even. You know, so he said, "Oh man, it's really, it's really simple what I'm doing." He says, "I'm just playing the melody with thirds and sevenths." So <clears throat> that kind of changed everything. It simplified everything. It made it, it made more sense. It made rootless voicings open up. But anyway, if you try to do that with all the things you are, the melody is always the third. So you en- right. end up with, uh, you know, a, a third yeah. and seventh. So this is so what did, one yeah, of the what things you mean that by he plays a melody third and sevenths. Well, well, let's say the melody is just one note. Here's yeah. the blues. Right. You feel the harmony. So he's, just, he's adding the third and the seventh of the the background chord. So you know.
Yeah. So you see that yeah. without the root, you can get the sense of, uh, of what's going on. Exactly. You can feel the G. Well, especially because some of these, so many of these melodies are so simple, the background can become really elaborate. But the melody is often fairly diatonic. Or exactly, exactly. So the melody so, tells you where you are. With the harmony fleshes it out. So when when you look look at the it, like for example, um, A minor, there's the third, and it's an so put the ninth in between, and that gave yeah. so that for a while became a go-to voicing for me. I would play, instead of playing the pedestrian D minor 7th that everyone plays, oh, I see the minor 7th, I'm going to grab that. Maybe I'll go this one. It's got a little bit juice. So you're telling me this so is... That became my D minor. So the notes from the top are right. F, E, and C. Right. And that became the G 7th. Because this is already the third of the chord, then... F is the yeah. third, so it's it's not enough information. So this gives yet. you room to add a nine because yeah, because because you already have the third and the seventh. Yeah, and the thirds are in the melody, so you don't it, have. It. Yeah. So, so let's let's do this with all the things you are. Here's F minor. That's beautiful. bass notes because you can totally hear it without it. C7 altered. E altered. E major and then C altered. And then F minor. You're back. Another example while we were on the, talking about cadences, the end of this song, it, yeah. it throws a lot of people. It's D flat major. We're in the key of A right. flat, so this doesn't feel like home. It's amazing. Right. So, so let's, instead of playing the melody, we'll just play A flat as, as a melody. So That's the. You can get away with that on that. What do you mean you can get away with it? That's what makes the changes. <laughs> it's not a matter of what you can get away with. It's a matter of that's how the changes came about.
beautiful. You are swinging over there. Uh, can you tie that to to our friend Johann Sebastian Bach somehow? The thirds and sevenths. <laughs> I think one time you were you were connecting all corners of the universe somehow. Well, well, th this this thing that we were doing before, I. I uh... We, uh, I got that from Bach. Oh, See, that's okay. the that's root and the third. So where you're doing the, the root and the third and then jumping to the third with the root, that thing. Yeah, and then if, if you, uh, when you add a scale step above, Passing tones? Are yeah, so it's a, the chromatic passing tone gives you the secondary dominant. Right. What, what they call the secondary. So uh, secondary dominance in school are, are a math problem for theory students, but it's really the right at the page one, book one of Counterpoint. Yeah. See, so we have the root and the third. Right. And the third and the root. So there's the... And it happens just by adding the scale step above so yep. this is moving in half notes and this is moving in quarter notes yep. yeah. it, it's always a, taking us to the third we had a chance there to add the major third in the bass though right See how that natural counterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. That's what we did before. Yeah. This would be part of the B flat minor. That's, but we, it turns for a second into a B flat dominant seventh. Yeah. Just for the last, and. It, yeah. So it gives a little energy. That definitely sounds like something Bach would do a lot of. Uh, it's amazing. Well, you ever think about how there's so much mathematical, just pure patterns involved in here, but yet it's so beautiful. How much of it, how much of music to you is these beautiful patterns? I see a spiral on your, right on a piece of art over there, for oh, yeah. example. There's these spirals and shapes and yeah, that are so beautiful when, you, when we hear them. But then where does the uh, human part come in where we actually write melody? Like how much, of, how much of it is original and how much of it is stuff that we're pulling from the spiral? Um, we're pulling it off from the spiral and when you make it your own it's original so mm. in, in other words like i i have good musicians come here you know two or three times a week and we play through some original tunes and uh i've been doing a lot of writing because every time i come up with something i say oh sh sh i know it, you know i know how it works theoretically i can wrap my head around it but it's not mine yet. It's just stuff. It's just stuff that I, I might like. I was, oh, gosh, the sound of that triad pair, the intervals, it's really exciting to me. And I, you know, I want to use yeah. it, but uh, I got to put it into a tune. So I, I write a lot of blues because that's a, a, a progression that I'm familiar enough with, like most jazz musicians or most guys who like to jam with other musicians. You know, yeah. uh, blues is a common form that if, you know, even if you know a lot of tunes or you don't, you know, that's one of the forms that everyone's familiar with. Yeah. So if, if I, whatever it is, whether it's triad pairs or fourths or, uh, or, or any other type of vocabulary, thirds and sevenths, guide tones, I'll try and take whatever new idea it is and put it into a, into a blues. Example? So let's say here's blues in G. Does the song have a name or? 
G if you want to join me. Yeah, so so those those things, those those pairs, they yeah. you know they uh, piqued my the interest of my ear, and I said, and you know I hear yeah. Coltrane, I hear Brecker, I hear all the horn players that I like to listen to, all you know, and musicians known and lesser known that have yeah. a, this modern vocabulary that oh well I understand it, you know, understanding is highly overrated. <laughs> You know, it's yes. It, it, it's the it, it first is. percent. Ninety-nine percent is learning what you oh, might understand. Right? I, I, I said that's the first percent. I, I, thought, I thought you said that's the first pretense, <laughs> oh. which it is too. Yeah, because I know so many people that understand everything and they can't play. Right. You know. Uh, yeah. So and by not playing, you mean they can't execute well, in real time, or they can't swing with other musicians, or they haven't. Oh gosh, I I I meant that uh, you know. Uh, not in a negative way, but just like, yeah, not in a negative way. It's just like that's their musical life is wrapped up in wrapping their head around a concept and yeah. making sure they understand it before they play the first note, and then right. you know it's kind of like trying to learn a language from a dictionary, you right? Know, you know, it, it's you'll learn some words, it's very but good. It, it's it's a little difficult to make it work for you. Very good, and example. and that's. You know, so I like to, because I spend the, a lot of my day with the guitar in my hand. Yeah. You know, but I like to make the work that I do uh, fruitful. You know, so if I ha write a bunch of these little tunes and ideas that, that fit into, uh, into tunes that, I'm, that I know how to play, then mm. I, I start to have a vocabulary. Man, I, I could just keep you here all day. But I know well, there's a Giants-Dodgers game coming on, and you're a Giants <laughs> fan, right? I, I, if that's the right answer, I guess so. Right, good. But you did go to India recently, a couple of years ago. A couple years ago. I spent the better part so. of 2016. Yeah. That was... That was uh, amazing. I, it, it, it was incredible. You I, went to I, Chennai? Or? Well, the, the school was uh, actually closer to... Because uh, I went to Chennai. Uh, yeah. Well, the, uh, the headquarters was in Chennai, but the school was located on... Uh, the East Coast Highway uh, between Chennai and Pondicherry. And so I was actually closer to Pondicherry. So on the weekends, uh, I would get into uh, Pondicherry in a little town called Oroville and uh, in, indulge my, uh, my Westerner-seeking Indian uh, thought. And uh, Yeah. How was it? I mean, oh, I remember you were going to go initially for a couple of months, and then it was like a turn into, you must well, they, have they enjoyed asked, it. They, they invited, yeah, I, I, I did. They invited me to do a second semester, So, and the semesters are longer than quarters. So, yeah. uh, so it turned out to be the better part of 2016. But they arranged my schedule so I could study the Carnatic music, because they had a couple Carnatic. Uh, I was just there to teach Western music you know, yeah. from the perspective of, you know, I had guitars, and guitarists right. were my students. And it was yeah. a small school, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I had ten students total that were coming to me, and and so I had to uh, take care of mine. But my schedule was uh, aligned so I could take the the vocal class because that's how they teach music from the vocal perspective, yeah. and uh, and rhythm. So you you study voice and rhythm, and then that's applied to whichever instrument you play. So like, did you learn like takademi? Takademi, kind of yes, taka and for two, for takita. Guitar. It, it, well, 
I'm still <laughs> thinking about that because what I'll do is I will take a, a phrase. I mean, I guess tell us a little bit more about what it is for people who aren't familiar with. Well, um, so you, and that basically have, include me. I know a little bit. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm not going to pretend to know a lot, and I'm and I'm not going to pretend to explain Carnatic music. But I'll, what I, I did take away from it, you know, let's say you have groups of one. Let's say, and and the the significance of Takadimi is just the way it falls off the tongue. Yeah. Just you know. Takadimi have a different, you know, so takadimi, takadimi, ta, it has a, each one has a different yeah. thing. If I wanted an accent, I go ta, or dum, 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 so that, you know, yeah. or, or if it was a group of two, it's taka, 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 ta. If it was a group of three, takati, 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 and that's, the, you know, so, and in groups of four, we takadimi, takadimi, so let's see. Well, it's like the perfect phonetic um, mnemonic. It's a phonetic mnemonic device for eighth notes, triplets, and sixteenth notes. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, what I try to do is, if I'm working on a new line, yeah. break it up into is is it groups of threes is it uh, you know if there's a hemiola i'll break it up into taka and takati and takadimi so i can uh mathematically put the pieces in place because whatever yeah. it is i'm working on i try and find a home for it so sometimes the lines might specifically start on beat two or the end of two and that might seem like it's contrived but i'll start to feel how that cadence goes and then that be once i've played it several times that becomes part of my experience and then i know how that phrase is going to land and i know how that phrase feels yeah so that it, it, it's very helpful that way but you know you do have to that's the compositional part you know there's improvising and composition and they seem like two opposite yeah endeavors but they're part of the same thing it's the same process except one's in real time and but you need yeah. to do one to inform the other yeah that's a, a deep rabbit hole and oh yeah <laughs> did you uh, get used to the spicy food i was there for eight days and <laughs> i like spicy food I, I i basically could handle it for eight days but there were a couple other people in our band that were like i uh I liked the spicy food very much but it was so hot there i wasn't sure if i was sweating from the food or from the heat. I had a great time there. A few different cities with uh, Greg Greg Howe. Oh, nice. Well, before we go, you tell us about um, your, your, if you'd like to. to oh, you're yeah. offering this wonderful chance to. Oh, yeah, the Hollywood Shed. The Hollywood Shed yes, here in Hollywood. Several years ago, there was a, there's a school in Japan, or I, I don't know if it still exists, but they were offering uh, their students an opportunity to, you know, they pay them a fee and then they asked me if I would teach the student. And I said, well, where's he going to stay? And it just happened I had the, the yeah. you know, a place. Well, he said, we're going to find them a room. I said, well, I, I have yeah, one. Beautiful backyard, and then the, beautiful the guy guest stayed, house. The guy stayed a month and we had a very beautiful relationship. We saw each other three times a week for a, an intensive. And then the rest of the time he was in, in, the, in the casita, you know, uh, practicing now you know the term woodshed I don't know if you know but it, back in the old days in my parents day you know before people had garages and you know, mm. music is a noisy thing too yeah. so if you were going to practice whatever it was whether it was violin or drums or guitar or yeah. banjo you you went out to the woodshed oh yeah, yeah. so if someone played well that was a, oh he spent a lot of time in the woodshed Absolutely. and then so that's the or, or origin of that expression yeah, that's what a lot of people don't mean. know. They don't even know what you know. Oh, I'm woodshedding. That, that that's. But that's. Or uh, they just say shedding. They don't even know that there, it, there it, was it, any wood involved. They never know that there was any wood involved. <laughs> but now, uh, you know, then it turned into garages. So instead of the woodshed, it was garage, and everyone knows what a garage band is. Yeah, yeah. But that was the garage took the took over from the woodshed. Yeah, although when we think of garage bands, I don't necessarily think of someone. To, Woodshedding. Yeah, putting in there 10,000 hours. <laughs> exactly. So it's a little different, maybe. I don't know. So, so this little uh, house, it, it was, it's a converted garage that... Uh, oh, you wouldn't even know, because I've seen it a few times, and it's yeah, really nice. It's, it's, well, you know, it's... Some windows. When you know, my, my daughter's kind of a... She's an architect, so with an eye for design, so she had uh -huh. a, a hand in in zhuzhing it up a little bit. So uh, 
it seems that uh, the people have come. You know, sometimes people. Yeah. I, I do a lot of Zoom lessons. You know, I have. Yeah. You know, I was in New York earlier today. I'm going to Hong Kong later this evening. Wow. And uh, so, uh, but sometimes if someone wants to come in, and it's it's like a B and B, so you can see me or not see me. But right. if you do see me, it's like the Hollywood the Hollywood shed. <laughs> Because I'm on Holly Drive, and that's the woodshed, so it's the Hollywood shed. Now, I haven't decided if it's the Hollywood shed, but shed kind of makes it sound a little shabby, or the Holly woodshed. Exactly. But anyway, maybe, (laughs) you know, I'll get some feedback or some Yelp reviews. But whichever you you think, I'll go with. But they both seem to make sense. Yeah, the important part is it's just to... You know, great place. It, 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 I just live across town, but I should come over here for a month. I swear to God. Oh well, yeah, because you know, you there's a little private. You know, you you have your own private backyard. So if you're in, into, like, okay, I'm going to devote myself to some practice. Yeah. And then I'm going to maybe take a you know three couple hour lessons and. Yeah, uh, it's total intensive sabbatical. Yeah, it, it, exactly a sabbatical. So how do people find you that are listening? Uh, for for Zoom lessons or whatever. Okay, S I D D H J A C O B S at gmail dot com. S I D D H as in Siddhartha. Exactly, but D and H happen to be my middle initials. Oh, okay. So S I D D H, Jacobs. But yeah, just just like right. that. I I thought that was oh that's cool. I don't have a problem with putting yeah. The, <laughs> so fantastic, and um, maybe you could take us out with a little bit of notes. I was listening to you have a new album. Oh, it ain't necessarily so. Little Gershwin. The key of E, folks. to you 95 you also have an album out kind of recently three in one. Oh yeah that's uh, beautiful I, stuff people yeah with it. uh with joe LaBarbera and Derek Oles. three in one yes i saw that on itunes and everything it's probably on spotify and stuff. i think so cool thanks for hosting sid thank you man I, I, always I, incredible i, I mean what, what can i say jude you're all you remain one of my favorites Likewise, and, and one of these yeah. days I will get some of uh, some of your offerings that that you have, particularly with the, you have some little secret techniques that are are wonderful, and you make them sound so effortless uh, that uh, you know that, that which is the secret to sounding musical. You know, I think that's the you know that's what's meant by effortless mastery is that it can't sound forced. Yeah. It sounds it sounds like you just thought it up. Whether yeah, you did yeah. or you didn't, there's oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of muscle memory and a lot of work goes into a lot of effort goes into making it effortless. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's a whole discussion. What drives us to put in all those hours to where it gets to that point? I was Some listening kind of to love. A, a, an, an interview with Julie Andrews, and uh, she said uh, her teacher said an, an amateur will work till he gets it right. A professional will work till he can't get it wrong. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? What a great quote to end with, my friend. New guitar.
Please, please, please.